Hello and welcome to the Red Hand Podcast. The Red Hand provides next-level Ulster rugby coverage, offering fans unrivaled insight, unfiltered opinion, powerful stories, and accessible analysis. Every minute of every game is covered with weekly in-depth written articles, interviews with players past and present, analysis from rugby experts, and a podcast in which we preview and review Ulster's games and discuss all things Ulster Rugby. To gain full access, please join us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash the red hand or visit theredhand.co. A lot of people who play or used to play rugby listen to this podcast. If you're struggling with an injury, lack of mobility, or some form of pain that you've just got used to living with, then you need to get it sorted. Back to Better Physiotherapy is a physio practice I highly recommend. The practice owner, John Quigg, is extremely experienced. He's worked with professional sports teams such as Ulster Rugby and Middlesbrough Football Club. Back to Better provide physiotherapy, massage treatment, personal training and rehab. They also have an ice bath and sauna in-house, which are fantastic for recovery and health. They're located at the Building Box Gym in East Belfast. Book using Instagram at Back to Better Physiotherapy or type their number in your phone now. 075 685 3022. That's 075 685 3022. Get in touch with them and get your aches and pains sorted. Welcome to the Red Hand Podcast. It was a miserable night and, in many ways, a pretty miserable game on Friday night against the Lions. But Ulster found a way to get the win, so we're going to stay positive on this podcast. Despite being down by seven points at halftime, Dan McFarlane's men went up a gear in the second half and ultimately held on for a 24-17 victory. In horrendous conditions at Fortress Ravenhill, it wasn't the most entertaining of games, to put it lightly. Tries from Hume, Stockdale and Herring allowed Ulster to claw their way back into the game but there's plenty to work on this week with a misfire in line-out, difficulty capitalising on chances and some evidence that we haven't yet nailed down the basics. Ulster have now won four of their opening five URC games, but there's still a section of the fan base who are not content with their performances so far this season, despite the relatively good win record. So do they have a point? Well, we'll discuss a wee bit more in a minute, but uh, there's also the matter of whether a certain ginger prop will be playing for Ulster this weekend. That's right, Cameron Doak could be unleashed in the Warriors. Anyway, to discuss, I'm joined by Jack, Ian, and special guest John Anderson, who's a Glasgow Warriors fan and podcaster with the Scottish Rugby Podcast. So this is his second appearance. We look ahead to the Glasgow game as well as looking back in the Lions a wee bit. So, look, guys, great to have you all. Um, we'll turn to you now, Jack. For anyone who didn't see the game or can't remember it for whatever reason, maybe it had too much to drink that night. Yeah. <laughs> Jack, can you talk us through the back and forth in that game? So we had the disappointing first half and the glorious comeback. Did I have too much to drink or did anyone? I don't know. No, um, no, it was uh, probably a game to forget. To be honest with you, I can probably I could probably throw in multiple cliches about uh, being a game of two halves and uh, you know playing the conditions. Um, Ulster just wanted it more. Um, you know, take your pick of uh, of any of those. But it was it was essentially a game where uh, Ulster probably. Tried a bit too much in the in the first half. They 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 tried to play with the ball in hand a little bit more um, through ten, trying to 
trying to throw some offloads and play, try, play a, a faster kind of brand, but it, it it didn't really work. You know, McCluskey coming back in was obviously a plus, but he was um, maybe a little bit rusty. A um, few errors in there. He um, ultimately, though, had a good game, but we'll get on to that later on. But I mean, just in terms of the whole dynamics of the first half, it was very, very sketchy, error error strewn. Um, Ulster just conceding more and more territory and the Lions just sort of ended up pressurising us into more mistakes and they scored, they scored a couple of really nice you know, really nice tries actually. Um, you know, using the kick pass against us at, at, at Ravenhill, which, which obviously hurts. <laughs> so um, that's never good. But yeah, Ulster didn't didn't play great in that in that first half. Um that's 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 being being easy on them. And then the second half was a little bit more pragmatic, a little bit more uh risk averse. Um just kind of putting putting the lions under a bit more a bit more sort of just territory kick pressure, things like that. There were still mistakes and it was still it was still a, a reasonably poor second half because they still didn't manage to get the bonus point, which I think they'll be really disappointed at because Rob Herring Gave away a pretty, pretty soft penalty. I think. I mean, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a ridiculous kind of um, call or anything. I think it's a fair call. I think he's, he's, he's called him as offside because he's in front of the, um, he's in front of the ball. But um, yeah, you know, um, there's definitely, there's definitely a lot of things that didn't go quite well. The set piece continues to be an issue. So there's still lots to um, work on. But ultimately, early season, some things to iron out. But they'll be happy enough that they. You know, they will be happy enough that we didn't really slip up any 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 more, because um, the Lions came to play, and just on a on a, on a note on the Lions, that um, centre Van Vyke is just absolutely fantastic. Just love, even though like Stuart McCluskey couldn't even bring him down, like he was just flying, and I just love the way the guy plays. So quick mention about him, but overall. Um, a few guys back in the in the setup, getting games, getting minutes into the into the legs. So um, a win and move on really is probably the best way of putting it. Yeah, a good summary. A win and move on. I think that's right. Uh, look, it was a miserable night, and <laughs> both sides didn't cover themselves in glory. Although Lions, fair play to them. I thought we'd we'd walk this one. To be honest with you, I never say that before the game because you end up looking stupid. <laughs> but uh, look, in fairness, they put up a really good fight, and I'm trying not to sound patronising at all because they, look, they're a good team. Um, and I I thought it would be easier than it was. Um, and I thought um, it was one of those games actually where I would have loved the grass back at at the Kingspan or Ravenhill, as I'll, I'll always call it that. But I'd love the grass back because those muddy, hard slog sort of four dominated nights where South African teams hate coming over. Uh, I would just love to get into that sort of battle, but like we're on the Yes, sorry, Peter. Another another cliche, one for the purists. It was one for the purists. <laughs> I think it would have been one for you if it was nice and muddy and you know, everyone would have really dirty shirts apart from yeah. You know, Nathan Doku would have had a pristine white jersey on and everyone else would be muddy now. There's something yeah. just not right about the pristine white shirts after a game like that. Just agree. Like, this is yeah. weird. This is strange. Um, That's just a, that was just a ploy to keep the laundry bill down. Trying yes. To money. It'll take it'll take 10 years. Times are tough. They'll, they'll see that money back with the, the savings, as you say. And, um, so look, I have uh, Nathan, who's usually on the pod, has sent through very kindly a number of stats. I'm going to save that and might drop in a few. So um, incentive, if you're listening, to keep on listening for exciting stats throughout the podcast. Oh. <laughs> I know, sure you can't I, wait. I... Um, I just jotted down there uh, um, 
uh, someone posted some McCluskey stats yes, uh, yes. yesterday. Um, 13 carries, 15 tackles, 11 attacking rucks and 10 defensive rucks. The first man for, I think, almost two years to have uh, double figures in all those four four items. Yeah. And he's endearing himself to uh, Paul Williams at the minute as our steward. Uh, after <laughs> That's a Williams, great bit of crack, isn't it? That is good crack. After Williams had, had, had uh, posted a list of his favourite centres and hadn't included Stuart's, it's been, it's been saw, fun watching that. I saw Stu got, got involved, didn't he? He yeah. did, yes. Uh, he did. <laughs> good, to see, good, fun. good to see that engagement, certainly. Um, mm-hmm. So, look, after that game, I don't know about you, Ian, but I sort of struggled to know how to feel um, because... It's been a theme this season and sort of part of the point of this podcast. It's a public service to to help Ulster fans work out how to feel after the game. Uh, <laughs> we, <laughs> we won, but we can't be entirely happy with the performances. There's plenty went wrong. There's people complaining about performances. Do they have a point or should we learn just to be grateful for the wins? Well, look, first of all, uh, you know, my, my immediate feeling was relief. Um, it was a winning performance in atrocious conditions, and I I tweeted fairly quickly um, that it's easy to criticise players, but when you're when, when they're playing in conditions like like that on uh, Friday night, I think you need to give them a wee bit of uh, of leeway. Um, having been a, a player many years ago and played in conditions similar, your fingers are falling off. The, the the rain is running into your eyes. You can barely see. You know, uh, I, I think sometimes we, we're, we're, we're overcritical. And I think some of the comments I saw after the game on Friday night were over the top. Yes, there were lots of mistakes, uh, but it was interspersed with some, some actually good rugby, I thought. And, um, you know, I share the, the overall complaints that, our performances haven't been at a level that we would like. And, uh, you know, you have to say that up to now, we haven't really put in an 80-minute performance or even a 60-minute performance. Uh, you know, we're sort of we're sort of two halves at the minute um, and leaving ourselves with um, a fair wee bit to do in the last sort of quarter. Uh, and then this uh, having to defend our, our narrow leads at the end. So all those things... I'm sure that's playing on the players' minds as well. I'm sure when you're, you know, when you're getting into the the 70th minute and there's only a score between the teams, then it becomes a case of, um, uh, you know, not trying to not make the mistakes uh, that would let people back in. And you know, there was a couple of good um, instances again in the game where we were able to, you know, sort of uh, peg them back and, and keep them out um, through very good defensive sets. Uh, I would have been very critical, uh, certainly uh, last season of uh, of Johnny Bell, but I think our defence has improved quite a bit over the last, uh, certainly over the last five games of uh, uh, this season so far. So, so you know, we should make that make that point that um, we are getting better. Yeah, yeah, I think Johnny Bell certainly came in for a lot of. Criticism. Um, whenever he, he came on board, uh, I think he's well liked. You know, by all accounts, he's pretty well liked by the players and very sort of likable guy. Obviously, ex-Ulster knows the club inside out. Um, and yeah, I think our, our defense kept us in it. Um, against a, a really sort of 
determined lion's side. Um, and uh, as, as you say, Jack, at the start, there's so, there's several good players in that squad who, to be to be fair, I didn't know that much about. Um, I hadn't done my research, but um, look, they, they turned out to be fairly dangerous at times. And um, mm. in terms of, uh, we've actually got John now to join us as we look ahead to Glasgow. But just jump, maybe. Well, number one, welcome back to the pod. Great to have you. As we're Great talking to be about, here. Thank you. It's uh, it's fantastic to have you. Despite the fact, as Jack pointed out before the podcast, you wrote off John Cooney. Whenever ah, he... <laughs> <laughs> when he was threatening... I wasn't going to bring it up. I wasn't going to bring it up, I swear. Uh, so it was John, just to remind listeners uh, in this largely... Seventh or eighth choice? Uh, it, was, it was seventh, but I could have made an argument for ninth. <laughs> there we go, there we go. A ninth, uh, ninth choice in the yeah. Scotland squad. John. John, if 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 Cooney had of uh, uh, opted for Swap, yeah, yeah. if he had opted for Scotland, uh, maybe you guys could have kept Ali Price. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, let's we'll get on to that in due course, won't we? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I didn't, I didn't say I said he would be ninth choice, but with the amount of injuries and various things happening, I mean, he'd be not far off a squad at the moment. So oh, yeah. complaining, <laughs> complaining, complaining. Uh. Ah, yeah. We're but good at that over here. <laughs> videos as well. Jesus, you can't get a starting place in Ulster at the minute. So <laughs> that's true. Very true. Actually, good point. Uh, I know. So, look in terms of uh, Glasgow, we'll not go too much. We'll talk about this in a minute, but just maybe bring us up to speed with Glasgow so far. How's the season gone? What's the vibe like with the fans at the minute? Is it optimistic? Yeah, I think I, I think it's definitely. It's a definite continuation from last year, obviously. Franco Smith coming in uh, to take over at Glasgow last year um, after some pretty dark days uh, under Danny Wilson. Um, Franco's brought back a bit of the feel-good factor. Glasgow are playing Glasgow rugby. They're playing really fast, loose, lots of width, um, which was great to see, and we, we love love that sort of rugby over here. So um, that's continued this year. The We haven't really hit our stride. This year so far, we've been churning out victories, which is is a good is a good sign, you know, being able to win win ugly and also win with bonus points, which is is obviously good. Um, the Connacht game, um, the Connacht game early on this season away from home, massive disappointment because we put out quite a strong side. Um, but I don't think we'll be the the only team. Uh, obviously, Ulster have had their issues at Connacht this season as well, and I don't think we'll be the only team that come away from the the sports ground with not very many points. So, yeah, I mean, it's a, po- a positive start. I think um, part of the issue at Glasgow just now, I think fans are a wee bit worried to feel optimistic because we are a bit threadbare in a number of very key positions. We've obviously just joked about scrum half, but with Jamie Dobby going down injured last week, we are now bare bones at scrum half. Uh, we've got Horn and uh, Sean Kennedy, and then we're on to academy graduates. So, you know, it's it's bare bones time. We've not really got a, a, a 10 to speak of. Tom Jordan's been playing 10. He's actually a 12. Uh, Duncan Weir's banned for another three games, but he's not exactly been hitting the heights that we are maybe one set and you know so we, we are we are a bit threadbare in a, a number of places but you know we'll, we'll maybe talk about some of the strengths Glasgow have that are maybe keeping us maybe papering over some of the cracks in those those threadbare areas at the moment. 
Yeah, we'll certainly return to that and, and talk a wee bit more about Glasgow and we'll pass on. If you have any intel, we'll pass it on to Dan McFarlane. We'll ah, know where sure, to target. Sure. He'll, he'll, he'll know fine well where to target. He'll, he'll, have been, he'll have been on the phone to Ali Price this week, I'm sure. <laughs> I know there's some, there's a good Scottish connection there. Yeah. There's, there's moles, oh, and yeah. I'm sure. Um, <laughs> but um, look, there's a, a section, which is a new section I was going to introduce called Stat Zone. And uh, it's basically all about um, stats from the last game. Ian had a good stat there about Stu McCloskey being um, a, an amazing player, uh, hitting rocks, making tackles, making carries. Um, I have a couple here. Jack, you have a couple lined up as well, do you? Yeah. I don't know right. if you want to. Right, right. Well, I have a couple here. So just before we get into talking about the game a wee bit more, um, uh, yeah, Scott Wilson. This is one that was on Twitter. I think it was up to Johnny. Hopefully I haven't stolen one of them, Jack. Up to Johnny, friend of the podcast, uh, Johnny McCormick, uh, says that over the last two rounds of the URC, Scott Wilson has gained the most metres, beating uh, the most defenders and made the most line breaks of any prop, despite making just seven carries. It's pretty good. Um, the other one is a uh, future, future Ireland British Lions player, Scott Wilson, that was. And um, the other one, Lorcan McLaughlin, is the fourth debutant for from the academy this season, and the others being Scott Wilson, Ruben Crothers, and Ben Carson. Have you got any there, Chuck? So mine is uh, is probably one I'd I put it out I put it out to you lads if you if you think you know um, what I'm what I'm gonna uh, what I'm gonna say because um, for all the games that we've um, that we played, there's only one game where we've had the majority of both possession and territory um and there's only i'm just looking at it now this is i'm not i mean i'm not getting paid for this so i'm not really going very professional on this but um i'm pretty sure it's the only um yeah there's only one game this season that we played where we've had more possession and territory than the other team do you know which game it was Ooh. anyone want to guess i'm gonna guess connaught game no not that no. monster right. yeah must, must have been that old pre-season friendly down and Gavin, then the only the only game the only game where we've had possession and territory was the Bulls. That's right. the only game right. this year so far. Obviously, it's only five, but in oh. some of the games we've had absolutely. You know, the first game of the season, you know, possession and territory was 43-39. Um, the game against the Bulls, we went up. We got 52-51. Um, goes back down massively against Connaught. It was 38-29. Um, Seriously? Wow. Yep. Yep. And then Monster, we kind of shaded it. Well, it was forty, it was forty-seven, thirty-nine. And then for this game, we uh, fifty-two, forty-five. So we had more ball, but we had didn't have still not getting enough territory in our game. So we still struggle a lot with gaining territory. That's probably why we we kick often from nine, and that's probably why we don't get the sort of the length of the kicks or at least if we do kick long we're just kicking straight to the to the you know full backs of the wingers and they're just running yeah. straight back into our half and we're not you know we're not getting out of our our half very much and so really something we need to work on however the flip side of that is you know we're putting pressure on ourselves so if we're playing against Larchelle, Leinster you know someone else you know some of the big French teams they're going to absolutely smother that but the good thing is when we get entries into the 22 we are we're taking those points really well because you know we've, if we've not got much ball and not, not much territory then 
to be, you know, four out of five is 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 doing pretty well because you're scoring we're scoring points and you know, um, I think um, was, it, was it this game or yeah this game you know 24, 24 points from ten entries um from nine, eight entries sorry um so twenty four um, points eight entries and the Lions had two more entries than us they had ten entries and only got fourteen so um you know um things that I think we should be a bit more um you know, tight on, but yeah. in terms of our sort of points per points per entry, it's a pretty, it's a pretty good return, but we shouldn't be putting as much uh, pressure on ourselves um, from a possession territory, especially territory. Um, as, as we all know, rugby is a game of territory. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like football where you play counterattack. It's not as easy to do it yeah. <laughs> where you sort of absorb the pressure and then break with someone really quick. Uh, so, uh, I'm just saying on the chat here, John has a, a not to be outdone by Ulster stats. John, what's your stat? Do, do you know? I, I thought I would, I would, since this is a new feature, I thought I would just try and get involved. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah. you know, so looking at Matt Fagerson, uh, the back row for Glasgow, the last three matches, uh, he's been the, the defender of the week for Glasgow. Each, each of those uh, matches, fifty-four tackles in three three games, none missed. Uh, he's had come back from the World Cup and is absolutely tearing up trees. So it's great to great to see. That is, and not that I do at all, John. Here, but do you know who has made the most tackles in the URC so far? And it's oh. not it's not Matt Ferguson I or would, any I, Glasgow player. I would I would presume it isn't. You know, because we don't defend all that often. We you know we tend tend to you know we're we're doing a lot of the attacking. So <laughs> attacks the best form of defence. Agree. <laughs> Wait, which also my previous it? statistic that we have no ball and no territory. <laughs> so we're, we're making lots of tackles, and in particular, Dave McCann is oh, the top yeah. tackler in the URC so far this season with 77 tackles. You this wasn't planned, but Johnny teed me up so nicely there. I appreciate it. Um, and the other question who's the, the joint top for turnovers this season in the URC? McCann again, is it player? Player wise, yeah, yeah. In terms of individual player, Jack, you got it. Dave McCann again. Uh, Dave McCann with eight turnovers, which is which is which is pretty good. Um, does that so, include his line out steals as well? Because there's a few of those too. Yeah, I don't think it does, but uh, I I couldn't conclusively say that. that. <laughs> Double figures at least. He's on ten. <laughs> it'll flip. It'll be in the thousands by the end of the season. Oh, uh, easily, sure. easily. <laughs> So, um, look, in terms of just to return to the game, sorry, I just thought I'd introduce that statistics section. Some people absolutely love stats um, and they don't tell the full story. So um, one of the things I want to talk about um, is Dan McFarland's selection on Friday. So turn to Ian now. So what do you think of Dan's new rotation policy? So last season he got criticised for not rotating at all. Some people are now criticising him for rotating every week. So... Is this good for integrating players or does it make us a disjointed team? I, I, I will call him Dan the Tinker Man, I think. Um, he'll be delighted to get to this stage with only one loss and having given game time to another stat, 41 players uh, used from his uh, severely reduced squad from last season. So um, other than uh, our, new, uh, our new fella. And look, Marshall, I can't think of very many others that, uh, that 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 haven't actually played. Maybe Greg Jones. So uh, everybody's getting game time. I, I think it's uh, um, uh, certainly for last weekend. I mean, he 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 
um, rotated his squad, but he rotated most of his of his frontline players into that game, uh, and uh, we were pretty much at, uh, at at full strength, I think, with the players available. Um, so it'd go again this week, I I suspect, and then. I would think that uh, from the Edinburgh game through to the end of January, he's going to be uh, looking at putting out the strongest team most weeks, I would have thought. Um, there's a lack of fluency due to the changes. Yeah. and the, the, There has to be uh, players getting used to each other, getting used to each, each other again. Um, so hopefully over the coming weeks, we'll see a wee bit more consistency. I'm not necessarily against rotation um but i think you know you can you can overdo it and maybe he is overdoing it a wee bit i love the fact that uh, guys like jake flannery uh are getting uh, good game time um uh, and and integrating those young forwards um brothers mclaughlin sheridan integrating those guys into the squad um that, that's going to be massive for us uh, going forward um, and uh, I know it's nothing to do with tinkering but I did hear rumours that Alan O'Connor might be away at the end of the season so you're looking at uh, you know promoting maybe some of those guys into a starting role or very close to a starting role Yeah I, I saw that during the week and, and I thought it was really interesting Alan O'Connor is just someone I'd never anticipated would leave Ulster um, I, don't, I don't know where he would go Really, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. he's, he's he's one of those players who who um, you know he plays best rugby for Ulster. I would have thought, yeah, uh, unless he goes to Pro D two for for you know for a bit of uh, a, a bit of uh, loose change, you know, coming near the end of his career. Yeah, um, I, I can't really see him going anywhere else. It's interesting. Like O'Connor is, he's the definition of like a good squad man. You know, someone good to have around the team, good leader put in a sort of six or seven out of ten every week um mm-hmm. which which mm-hmm. is not not to be sniffing at and um yeah so it'll be interesting to see how it develops i just sort of saw that during the week and i was like right interesting so they're mm-hmm. shared share and there's he's only 31 like he's not ancient you know and um no, no, it's second, not. for a second row as well like he's got yeah. good four four or five seasons maybe if he's yes. if he takes care of himself and he's like he's robust as well like he's not he's not rarely he's rarely injured isn't he like he's always correct Mm-hmm. He's always, you know, he's one of the. You know, if you look at if you look at games played, he must have played twenty plus, you know, for a good long while. Like, oh, I yeah, so definitely. It was, um, mm-hmm. surprising. Pro D do though. Pro D do that. That 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 could be. I could definitely be an option for him because I think that'd be probably be a bit of a payday as well. Probably even though it is second second tier because a lot of the Welsh guys are even going there because it's better money than it is in the URC playing for um the, the regions. Yeah, yeah. yeah so we'll, we'll, we'll keep an eye on that. Though Joe Hopes must be absolutely pulling up trees um in in the academy or, you know, other guys, Charlie Irvine, another one in the academy, he's going well probably. So Yeah, yeah. Could be it could be that those guys are 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 really showing up well and they maybe see Sheridan as that natural replacement for Al O'Connor, which is probably like for like, you know, big angry lad who just likes <laughs> people uh, so yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> always good to have so, some of some of those around isn't it so peter uh, we're looking at a depletion of our lock stocks <laughs> <laughs> yes Ian, that's your segment um which we'll we'll check in with you later see how everyone's getting on in that department so uh yeah so 
Alan O'Connor, we'll keep an eye on that situation. Um, it's one of those ones, like, see when, like, uh, Jeff Tamaga Allen left, if it hadn't been for that, like, I was raging, I think we all were. Jeff Tamaga Allen did a great job for us, but if it hadn't been for that, Scott Wilson wouldn't have got a chance. And uh, you just look at that yeah, sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, so, interesting. Uh, and sometimes these things work out. I'm not sure it was a master stroke so much as out of necessity. They're like, right, Scott Wilson, you're in. <laughs> and you sink or swim, and he, he swam. So, um, we're going to turn now to talk about the individual performances that stood out to you on Friday, Jack. Um, so, like, there's Dave Ewers, who's man of the match, but um, were there. Uh, include him if you want, but are there other individuals who stood out to you from an Ulster perspective on uh, uh, in that game? Uh, no, um, <laughs> no, there were there were there were a few a few of the guys did play well. Apologies, I think I may be having some electrical difficulties in the house, so I do apologise if I if I uh, if I uh, drop out anything. But um, you know what, the centres played well. Human Human McCluskey didn't make too many errors that I can remember. There's a few misplaced passes and there's a few things that maybe didn't connect up very nicely if you in the first half. But other than that, like the stats we were saying earlier about, you know, Stu, he's just so busy, um, makes his tackles, makes his carries, um, just always, always goes forward. Um, played really well. James Hume getting back in the in the in the starting team, getting a try. Just read actually in the um, some of the press notes there for the game this weekend that he's got, been having a few little personal issues going on in in um, in the last couple of weeks. So that's that's why his celebration was maybe a little bit more uh, over over kind of zealous than we were expecting because it was, it was he, he he's fond of a celebration as is James Hume. You know he likes to hmm. he likes to give it the big the big H when he when he celebrates or some other kind of stupid celebration which we all need more of to be honest because it's good crack to talk about but he had a big he had a big roar when he scored so so that was um that was good to see you just I mean me personally I just want to see a bit more of that kind of passion and that kind of you know love for scoring a try and nothing better than you know nothing better than scoring a try in front of your home crowd especially if it's in the pissing rain um and and that's why that's why you know Flannery scored that try down in Connett, if you remember rightly. You know, he gets he pick, you know, he picks the ball up and he throws it and nearly takes on Tom Farrell when he scores it too. So um, you know, really pumped up. But you know, they played well. A lot of guys made errors, but I think similar to previous pods we've talked about, they 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 kind of kept at it and they kept sort of going and 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 just sort of kept hammering away. Um, you know, Flannery, I like that he is just getting you know he's getting more game time he's getting you know trusted it's probably not one of his better performances for us but um given the conditions given the fact that a lot of it was taken off him um Doki ended up kicking a lot um still don't think that Doke is at you know he's definitely not picking his powers but he's certainly I think performing a bit below where we maybe expect of him which might be harsh because he's done so well um Again, uh, Stuart Moore can do no wrong in my eyes. Um, he continues to just do everything really well, just does the basics really well. Um, and um, and Jacob Stockdale is five tries out of four games. So uh, he's right back to where we, you know, in terms of try scoring at least, he's right back to where we where we want him to be. Um, unfortunately, though, Bob Balakoon is still um, lingering out in the cold getting wet and not really getting much ball so one of the things that we should we should be getting a bit more of but I'm confident that they're trending in the right direction and they're working on 
me being a bit more expansive because you know I was going through some old highlights of 2018 2019 when you know Billy Barnes face first sort of came to us and we're playing some great stuff like we were playing some great rugby you know maybe not even 12 18 months ago um we're still playing some really nice stuff just seems to be in the last nine nine ten eleven months well nine ten months where we've just resorted back to a pretty basic game plan but we have the we have the players and we have the ability to bring that style of play back um it's just getting a little bit of cohesion getting guys back so a settled center pairing is probably essential Stu and Hume going forward and then probably a settled back row um and obviously the front row once once guys get back fit that'll be a big that'll be a big plus so yeah. everything else, wingers and fullbacks, and sort of some maybe maybe a couple of changes in second row, depending on who's fit. Um, and I think we'll be in a really good place. I think we just need to get our best team out for the next five games, probably, um, to give ourselves a really good chance. I think that Connacht game kind of upset the the, the apple cart a bit because there was just so many people that dropped out last the last day. So yeah. there was just, there was just so many changes. A couple of guys coming back from injury, and actually, you know, remarkably did really well in that game. But I just think in terms of the fluency and the and the cohesion. I think we just need to have a bit of a settled side and just trust some of the guys to perform who are the guys like Flannery, the guys like Sheridan, who are, you know, not maybe not getting as much game time that we would want them to, but if they are trusted a wee bit more and they can they can push on in training, then those are the those are the well, two of the guys that at least I want to see a bit more of because I think they're of that level that they can they can play week in, week out and, and perform really well for us. So um that's a bit of a tangent on what you were asking, but that's where we that's where no, got. Anyway. Well, no, yeah. absolutely. Look, in terms of what you're saying, the settled settled partnerships. There's a few there. I say Stu and and Hume at centre are settled. Apart from that, it's actually very hard to pick a starting fifteen or a strongest fifteen, which is a good problem to have because. I think Dan has created, whether through uh, design or sort of <laughs> just uh, through through necessity, um, we have uh, guys who have been introduced who are now pushing for places. So I don't even know, like, does the starting does the strongest starting fifteen is that a thing anymore, or is having a stacked bench now the, the way to go? In turn to you now, I think you you you've hit the nail on the head there. It, it seems to have. Um... Um, gone down the, the, the route of a strong bench, which he maybe wouldn't have done uh, a year ago. Uh, and um, has that benefits? Yes, of course it has benefits. But you know, you're starting fifteen, have to put you put you somewhere in in, in the in the overall game to give those guys the opportunity. You really don't want them coming on chasing the game. You can't. You want them coming on while you're while you're uh, sort of on top. Uh, and then using that that freshness and momentum then to to uh, see the game home. And I think maybe against Munster, that's the way that panned out because we had we'd, we'd got to that ascendancy stage. Um, well, I just uh, I want to go back on one of the names Jack mentioned there, uh, Stuart Moore. I, I think his performances this season have been phenomenal. Um, I think if he was playing in any of the Southern Promise provinces they would be getting uh, headlined every week uh, as potential uh, playing in green uh, and I don't say that uh, lightly and I know I'm invested a wee bit because he's from from my neck of the woods um, but um, you know I'll throw the question out to you guys is he our best 15 at the moment yeah 
Yeah, I think I think so. And I, I knew whenever I saw you getting ready to talk in, I was like, the head of the Stuart Moore fan club is about to speak here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ballymore um, Stuart Moore fan club. Yeah, yeah, I, I think he is. Like, I suppose you're dealing with so uh, Will Addison and Mike Lowry are your your two men who are in competition. And I thought on a really difficult night, Stuart Moore did really well. Um, I did not. I just I was just watching it, thinking I would not fancy catching that ball. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And he always does. He pretty much always does, and yeah. uh, he's a supreme, supremely talented. I, I think also a lot of our best attacks uh, emanated from him as well. You know, he's mm. not he's not just booting the ball away. Uh, you know, he's carrying the ball and he's setting up attacks from that. And I think you know uh, maybe Will Addison at his at his best would be doing that. Um, but you know the the guy's still coming back from from that injury and he's picked up another one. So um, I, I just think that at the minute uh, Moore is is uh, probably our our most consistent uh, player in the backs. Yeah, it, absolutely. Uh, Moore's been fantastic. Hume has has come back to something resembling his his sort of former self uh, mm-hmm. at, at his best. Good to see him. He looks sort of electric at times. Hume at his best is, is a dynamic centre. He's very strong, both both sides of the ball. Um, and we're starting to see a wee bit more, more of that. He maybe had a bit of a drop off in form, but uh, good to see him returning to, uh, and Stockdale as well, in fairness, like in terms of maybe his high balls, a couple of issues there, but um, very difficult night. Uh, as you say, Ian, look, there are people very critical, but um, Stockdale's finishing has, has been really good. Um, and that's really there for. We just need both him and Balak who maybe compete mm-hmm. in the air a wee bit more, maybe a wee bit more effectively. But yeah. um, in, t- in terms of, t- turn to John now. Sorry, John, a lot of, lot of Ulster chat there. Um, and it's always good to get an outside perspective. Uh, and it's great to have you to, uh, have you here to give us that. So as a Glasgow fan, what's your perception of Ulster in terms of her strengths and weaknesses? Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting one. I think Ulster are historically one of the sides, you know, Glasgow, Glasgow Ulster has always been quite, quite the fixture, you know, it's always been quite a well-balanced fixture. And I think that probably rings true this year. Again, I think what Glasgow fans see of Ulster, it's a team where, you know, you've named a number of individuals. But for most casual fans, wouldn't be aware of the individuals, you know. So they are, they are a, a group of individuals who are the sum of the parts. Uh, kind of is greater, and I think that probably speaks to McFarland's had had some criticism over the over last wee while. But you know, I think he has he has done a very good job there. I don't think Glasgow, particularly at home, I don't think Glasgow be. I don't think Glasgow would be worried about. Ulster. I think it'll be a it'll be a close game, but I don't I don't think you know they're not expecting to get battered like that. That's not going to happen. Um, so I think certainly Glasgow's strengths. I think probably the reason behind that, and often very slightly, but Glasgow's strengths are kind of Ulster's weaknesses at the moment. And mm. in, in that you know when you look at the set piece, um, Glasgow Glasgow set piece has been dominant this season. They've scored a lot of tries from you know, Johnny Matthews is on about 150 tries this season. Uh, if it goes <laughs> keeps going, um, you know the Glasgow set piece has been dominant. And when when they get that dominance, they're then able to create that wide ball when they want to. And it means defenses are having to narrow down now. Ulster have got quite a narrow defense anyway, as you've you've indicated against Lions, a couple of kick passes that resulted in tries. Glasgow will be. All over that, you know, the Ulster are going to have to defend wider. Glasgow will ship the ball 
Um, so I think it's it's a clash of opposites. And, you know, conversely, I think Ulster's, you know, ability at breakdown to kind of really niggle at Glasgow, if, if Ulster get anywhere near where they can do it breakdown, then then Glasgow could be in a bit of bother if they can't get hold of the ball. So, you know, the, the real real contrast of styles, and I think it'll be really interesting to see, you know, how, how it pans out. But with it being at Scottsdale, the weather forecast, believe it or not, is actually quite nice. It's meant to be okay. So who who knows? Um, it could be a nice night for rugby. But, um, yeah, I think I think it'll be it'll be really interesting to see how that pans out. Yeah, it'll be nice for Ulster to get away uh, from the the miserable conditions to the tropical it, conditions tro- tro- in Glasgow. Yeah, that's it, tropical <laughs> West End of Glasgow. Yeah, that's it. We'll get the palm trees and ice cream out for these. Look forward to that. It'll be a lovely, <laughs> lovely sort of pre-Christmas uh, away trip for them. Uh, get oh, a bit okay. of sun. Uh, no, so. <laughs> Uh, we'll get that printed out in a poster. We're not particularly worried about Ulster, John Anderson, and put that up on the dressing room. I know some you know, parents listen I've, to I've, this. I've had this happen a number of times on Oprah. <laughs> number of normally it's Benetton. I normally always on my podcast. I'm like, and what, what I'm normally not meaning it disrespectfully. What I'm saying with Benetton is Glasgow shouldn't be fearing a team like Benetton. We should be beating them if we're wanting to be champions. Likewise with Ulster, I don't think they're a team that if we want to be a top two, top three team, we shouldn't be worried about them at home. Yeah. That's yeah, and it's that sort of thing. But yeah, I, I get I, oh, I get these sound bites all the time. Honestly, <laughs> I'll switch switch off Twitter for a wee while. <laughs> <laughs> yes, if, if you if you're listening to this, send lots of abuse to John uh, yeah. and other. <laughs> I'll teach him. Um, As so, always. <laughs> So in turning to you now, like there's plenty to work on in that game. We've alluded to some of those things now. If you're Dan McFarland, what are some of the things you'd be asking Ulster? We're telling your players we need to sort out or improve, uh, improve these areas of our game ahead of Glasgow. Well, what the I suppose the biggest issue we had on on Friday night was our lineout uh, really malfunctioned. Um, combination of poor, poor throwing. Um, and uh, a bit of disjointed uh, lifting. Um, so hopefully they'll have worked on that during the week. Um, I'd expect Tom Stewart maybe to be back and start on Friday night. Uh, we can't be letting that Glasgow hooker score more tries than him. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, um, and one of the other things, we shouldn't forget that we had the best mall uh, in the URC last season. Uh, scored the most. I think we scored the most tries off our mall, and uh, we we uh, we we turned one down um, ten minutes from the end of that game, uh, and went for a tap penalty, which we have no uh, sort of history of of doing very well from. Uh, and I, I, that that was a total surprise, and I think it was a bit of a surprise to some of the coaches as well. Uh, so whether that was a case of maybe weather a decision taken according to the weather or not um but uh, we really shouldn't forget our mall i don't think um too many handling errors uh, again weather might have an effect on that but uh if you're going to play fast and loose uh you need to be able to hold the, onto the pill and we were very lucky with that try they scored to get knocked back for um, for for the knock on uh, and uh that that's just a, a an example of what can happen if if uh, you know you're throwing the ball about without really uh, knowing where it's going, and uh, we are prone to the odd daft penalty, um, which uh, you highlighted earlier on with the Rob Herring one. 
or 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 Jack did, um, uh, and we had McCann and the week before I think, um, or, or against Connacht. So those things need to be sorted out and improved upon. Yeah, there's there's plenty there. The line outs, it's your bread and butter, and if you can't win your own line outs, you're in deep trouble. Um, a uh, bad night, lots of rain, bit of wind, um, slippery conditions, a plastic pitch. Uh, none of those things help. <laughs> Every opportunity. <laughs> stick the boot in. I know people losing their boots, people losing their studs. It's just not the same. Not the same. Bring back the grass. Yeah. They're going to be, the players are going to be going out next week all with their tool belt on for their spanners and things. Yes, uh, exactly. I know. What, what, what does it come to? I know. Yeah. Uh, so, look, in terms of. Uh, in terms of the selection, Jack, I think as you say, there's loads of options now, which is which is great. Um, but it's difficult to nail down. This Glasgow game will be tough. Um, I'm not just saying that because John's here, but it'll be a tough, <laughs> tough game. Who would you who would you like to see Dan pick for this game? Yeah, I mean, um, it's time to go. It's time to go as big as possible. I think now, like you know, you've had a few games, get some minutes in the guys, but like. You know, if you run through the team, you know, front row, you're probably going Kitschoff, Stuart, um, Marty Moore. If he can go, if he can do, if he can get through 60, 70 odd minutes, then he's definitely starting. In the in the second row, um, he seems to have gone with Isachukwu and Treadwell quite a lot. I think he, I think I would go with Isachukwu and Henderson for this one. And then back row, yours, McCann, Timoney, probably picks itself. Um and then the halfbacks, I mean, take your pick, really. I mean, it could be it could be Doke again, but I'd like to see Cooney go. I'd like to see Cooney start because um, he's literally just played, what, 15, 20 minutes. Um, so I'd like to see him start Doki on the bench. Me personally, I think I think Burns may have just edged ahead again, but I, I still think that we should give Flannery a nod and have Burns on the bench. And then back, back sort of the, yeah, the back sort of midfield and back three picks itself. McCloskey, Hume, Stockdale, Balakoon, Murr, and then you know pick your bench if you want. But essentially, you know, pretty strong bench as well. I would I would go with too because, um, like you say, we need you need a good strong bench. So if you've got if you've got got guys like Eric Sullivan who's going well, Rob Herring's going well, um, stick Scott Wilson on the bench. Geez, he can you know mm. we know he can play. Stick him in there. Um, maybe Al O'Connor, maybe Harry Sheridan. Um. And then, you know, who else have we got for the back row? Not many. Marcus Ray, probably. Um, get him on. And then Doki, Burns, um, hopefully Addison, maybe, if he can play, because I think he's he's your he's your perfect bench player too. Um, so that would be that'd be the team I'd go for because I think you need to go as big as possible. Experience is key, but a couple of guys like Scott Wilson, Isachuk Wu, um, Dave McCann, they're all playing well. Stick them in because yep. You're going good guns. Just keep at it and stick with this team next week. Whatever team he goes with this week, he needs to stick with it next week against Edinburgh when we come back home. Because I think that's important in terms of going to Bath the week after and getting a win there because Europe will be a big focus because of what happened last year. So that's who I'd pick. But yeah. I disagree. If you yeah. uh, would not, wouldn't disagree too much with that. Maybe yeah. kicks off on the bench and O'Sullivan starting. Yeah, um, yeah. But other, other, other than that, I I would be hundred uh, percent with you on on that selection. 
Yeah. Not often I would agree with your selections. Mate. I know, right, Ian? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, no, it's it sounds formidable to me. Um, uh, you had Sheridan on the bench, didn't you? He mentioned uh, yeah. him, yeah. Yeah, on the bench, and is he starting ahead of him? Yeah. Um, look, so as I say, it sounds formidable. John, what have you got in return from Glasgow? Uh, who are the players to look out for? So, for what's in the game this Saturday night, who do you think will hurt Ulster? And the other side of things, where do you think Ulster might target Glasgow as well? Yeah, I mean, I've already indicated, I think the back row is going to be, like most matches, the back row will, will determine how this one goes. Uh, I fully expect Glasgow, Glasgow have got a couple injuries in the back row, but I think you'll see probably Rory Darge back this week, um, who, again, very, very talented back row sevens. Uh, watch out for him alongside Fagerson. Um, Johnny Matthews in the front row as well. You know, if, if you're looking for a, a surefire bet, not that we, you know, uh, the other betting sites are available, but get get yourself on an anytime try scorer for Matthews because uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's getting a bit silly, really. But yeah, I mean, really... It, it, looking at the backs again, Glasgow quite quite a settled backline at the moment. Again, just injury kind of injuries have have meant we've, we've kind of went with the same lineup quite a few times now. But George Horn continues to grow into that role. You know, he's he's obviously now with the move of Ali Price over to Edinburgh has usurped the you know the the British and Irish lion uh, in Price. So Franco Smith really fancies what Horn's all about. Um, and I think you'll you'll see as well, Sean Kennedy as the replacement nine, very underrated player, very, you know, he's not start he's not played many minutes for Glasgow or Edinburgh in his time in Scotland, but he's very, very solid. He's got a good kicking game and he'll yeah, he'll he'll, he'll bring a bit of stability to what can otherwise be a bit of a madcap Glasgow team when they when they start throwing the ball about. So yeah, what what watch out for that back row. Um and yeah. Let's let's see what George Horn can do. He'll kick kick his goals and put Glasgow in the right positions. Um, and if Tom Jordan starts again at ten, um, I, I I touched on it. He's not a ten. He's a twelve, mm. and he doesn't play like a ten. He's one of the more you know. Let's let's say direct tens that we've seen uh, over the years. He's um, he's, he's a good wee player good. though. He likes to he likes to attack. He likes to play. He's, he's, you know, he's fair. Come on, actually, I, I was worried yeah. when he when he came up from because he's one of the players who's graduated from our uh, domestic Super Six, which is our, our semi professional oh, nice. league uh, that's been implemented, and he's he's one of the players who's come up through that. And when he made his Glasgow debut, I was I was a bit worried to be honest. Uh, he didn't look all that great, mm. and he was one of the standouts in the Super Six. So you're thinking, oh oh. But he's fair that, settled sorry, in. John, is that that super six? That's based in Sydney, is it as well? <laughs> if only, if, <laughs> if only, yeah, be a bit warmer than in, yeah, be a bit warmer than uh, than Stirling County on a, a, no, a no, damp, he's, damp he's, Saturday yeah. night. I didn't know that. That was that's that's good. That's class though. See, yeah, see him coming through like that. Very good player. Uh, and you know, again, he's one of those guys. I think everybody just wants to see him at twelve because he's he, he's, oh, yeah. he's a very good twelve. And just through injuries and lack of investment in the ten shirt, Glasgow have failed to uh, allow him that opportunity so far. Yeah, it's would you go, it's all... would you go Stafford McDowell and Hugh. Sorry, sorry, Peter. Would you go Stafford McDowell and Hugh Jones in the centre then? Are they? If are they if, if if Jones, I don't think Jones is fit, so it'll be Staff. It'll be Stafford and two Yeah, it'll be Stafford McDowell and two Paul Two. It'll be a twelve thirteen, which again, absolutely no problem with that. That's that's, that's robust. That's tidy enough. Yeah, 
McDonald's mm-hmm. another standout. He's over the last under Franco Smith, reborn as a player. Right. Um and just just seems I mean he's captained the team now 10, 10 matches now. So very highly rated and two Porto is just a different yeah. gravy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, look, we'll we'll pass that on to the Ulster coaching staff. So <laughs> sorry for these guys. Um, I'm, not, I'm not sure I've, I've said anything too in depth. To be fair, like, 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 yeah. I know, but still, still, any any information is is is, is going to be useful. So, um, we'll just as we sort of land the plane of the the podcast here. The last thing we always ask are predictions. So we'll get our, get our crystal balls out here and. Uh, speak to Jack first about what are your predictions for the performance and the outcome of this Glasgow game? Yeah, it's a good one. I think it's actually a really, it's a really good test because if memory serves me right, um, we had an absolute stinker last time we played um, Glasgow. Um, they really just squeezed and squeezed the life out of us and we just never sort of looked like we had a chance to win this game. So it's got a bit of I think this this game will have a bit of bite actually i think it'll be a little bit maybe it might be a wee bit you know tempers might flare a wee bit i'm hoping for a few little scraps maybe um which could be a good fun um but it, it's going to be this is going to be very i think it's going to be very close unless one team plays absolutely cack then like i i think it's going to be sort of less than you know less than seven points it's going to be like five or three points that kind of that kind of neck of the woods if it's if it's good if it's good, good weather, um, and you know the gods are kind, could be could be a great game. Could have some really sort of running rugby, which we'd love to see. Um, because both teams have have the ability. They both have really good backs. I'm hoping that Ulster just put in. If we did, if they put in another performance like they did against um Connor, even with no no ball and no territory. I'd still be very happy with you know a losing bonus point up at up at Glasgow. I think that's a very good result even if even if you know we 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 lose it at the death kept kept getting better and better with those guys so you gotta respect them you gotta go full full noise um given the respect they 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 they've earned because they're what third now in the table third fourth um and and we should absolutely go all guns blazing and try and try and get one over them it's very possible but um for me i'd say Glasgow might just shade it because it's at home. I think that's the big, the biggest thing for me. But it could be, could be, could be very close. Right. Once again, you've proved yourself not to be a, a real Ulster fan. Indeed, I'm going. I'm, I'm doing it again. <laughs> uh, no, I, th- I look. It'll be very close, in my opinion. Ian, what do you think? Oh, absolutely. Um, it'll be very close. We don't have the greatest record against Glasgow in in Scotland um, over the years. Um, um, I think we might have beaten them in a quarter final uh, recently, but uh, prior to that, uh, we always seem to be chasing uh, a game against uh, Glasgow. So uh, I'll go with Jack on 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 it being very close. Um, hopefully, we're within a score coming into the last ten minutes, and we'll reverse the trend and pressurise Glasgow into making the mistakes this time, and we might just sneak a win. Uh, as always, I, I, I hate betting against or predicting against uh, my own team, and I'm not going to start now. So, Ulster, 
Ulster Narley. <laughs> yeah, I've never known Ian to predict an Ulster loss. So, uh, yeah, so good to hear. Get consistent, at least. Now, John, interesting one for you. What do you think? Well, I mean, obviously, it's going to be Ulster by about twenty-one, isn't it? So, uh... <laughs> good lad. He's trying to get. He's trying to get back on here. I know. I said, yeah. Pull, pull the plug now, Peter. I said, yeah, quite, quite. I he was saying his power was going out earlier on. No, um, I, I, I think, I think it will be. It'll be a hard, a hard first fifty minutes. I think if the weather is what it says it's going to be, I think that will really suit Glasgow's game. Um, I think. Ulster will will put in a put in a performance. I agree with you, Jack. I think it's going to, it's going to be niggly. I reckon there's going to be a lot of scrappiness uh, all about the place. I wouldn't be surprised if we end up with a few people having a wee sit down or perhaps permanently having a wee sit down. It could be one of those ones. Ooh, but I like it. I, I think I just I, I just think Glasgow will last twenty minutes. Still, you know, probably probably have just enough to kind of pull away. I reckon it could be eight points uh, in the end up. Um, and yeah, Glasgow will be a bonus, take the five points and sadly Ulster go home with with nothing but nothing but pride. <laughs> unbelievable, unbelievable. Uh... <laughs> no, he doesn't want back on again now. I know, I know. You've, bur- you've just burnt all bridges, but uh, thanks yeah, for coming sorry. on, John. Good to have you. Um look, I, I think I think Ulster can do it. I think I think we'll win. That's my my prediction. Uh but I again I'm a bit like Ian. I just say they'll win because uh yeah, I know who I'm talking to. Lord's <laughs> the Ulster fans listen to this, so just <laughs> yeah, know side. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we should do. So, so look, at, at the minute, it's difficult to know how to feel as an Ulster fan. It looks like uh, we haven't quite clicked this season. I think that's probably fair to say. We're winning games. Last season, we may have lost those in the dying moments. So look, we're holding on. We're winning games. And there is a lot to be positive about, absolutely. So the emergence of another quality tight head option in Scott Wilson, Dave McCann, uh, again, future British and Irish Lion. Um, Marty Moore returning, uh, which is great to see. Great to see him come back on the pitch uh, because he's so important to us. Very underrated player. Uh, Ruben Crothers, uh, Cormac is a getting game time. Jake Flannery being rotated in. Harry Sheridan has been a revelation as well. The list goes on. Lots to be positive about. There's also the small matter of a certain world class prop who's joined us this week. Uh, we'd love to see him get a run out. Um, is that Cameron Duck? <laughs> they call him uh, Stephen Biscoff. Uh, he's like uh-huh. the... <laughs> your, your your wish wish dot com uh, South yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'd love to see the two of them. Be great to see. That's that's uh, that'd be amazing. So look, it'd be great if he played. They're pretty cagey about is he going to feature this weekend or not. We don't know, but uh, world class player coming into the team that can only be a good thing. So. Uh, we'll be back next week and thanks for listening and thanks to Ian, Jack and John for joining us this evening really appreciate it, cheers guys thanks